0: Let's <smart noise> go. fans, week 57, October 9, 2019. Man, the year is flowing by. Next week you'll be buying Halloween candy, Clevon.
1: I know, it's Snickers and Twix for me.
0: Man, Butterfingers and Almond Joy is my particular favorites, man. But um, it's here upon us real quick, man. This year has gone by so fast. It's, uh, things happen... When you're having a lot of fun, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Time flies, you're having fun.
0: All right, Cleveland. October 9th, no, the number 9, who wore that number best? I got Norm Johnson, actually, the first guy to come to my mind. You remember Norm Johnson?
1: Oh, I do remember Norm Johnson, the uh, sure friggin' kicker for the Seattle Seahawks for over a decade.
0: For a very long time, he wore that number pretty well. Uh, who else you got wore that number nine pretty well, sir? Uh, I would have to say Ted Williams and your guy Drew Brees probably wore them the best. Drew Brees sounded like he's coming back and looking like my Super Bowl pick is uh, still intact. Once he gets back, Teddy Whit- Bridgewater, we'll talk about later, but won a couple games, is absent, and has them Saints still riding pretty swell. The number fifty-seven, a little tougher number to pick from. But right off the top of my head was Dwight Stevenson, Hall of Fame center. Who'd you have wearing number fifty-seven?
1: Oh, I had to go with that guy uh, that does the prime time with Boomer, uh, Big Tom Jackson, over there in Denver. He wore the uh, the crushed orange quite
0: nicely. Yeah, the orange crush. They were a state of back in the day, and Tom Tom Jackson did his job. You're right about that. This weekend, man, we had some inter- interesting games go down. It took Monday night for me to get blown out in one fantasy one fantasy game because I did not start Matt Greta, who kicked off the game with an 83 yard touchdown. Sad to say, I just watched my guy on my bench score all them points. But the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, I have to admit right now, week five, going into week six. Now, there's still a lot of football to be played. But at this point of the season, I'm a little discouraged about the Browns and what they're doing. And it causes a few questions for me. Is Baker for real? Is OBJ overrated? Or are the Cleveland Browns as a whole overrated? You tell me what your thoughts are.
1: Well, let's start with the first one. Is Baker Mayfield overrated? I don't think he's overrated. I think he made the mistake of trying to have the bravado and the swagger of, you know, a Miami Hurricane-caliber football player and in reality, when you do that in the pros, um, they just make extra notice of it. Um, I, I remember very vividly when Reggie Bush came into the league, and every one, every defense in the league decided they were not going to be the Fresno State highlight reel. And wherever he went, they just followed him. They just were extremely cognizant of where he went. So he could be nothing more than a decoy because there was always going to be five people surrounding him. Baker Mayfield comes out, talks about how he's being a little bit dangerous and, you know, disrespecting the coach uh, that just got fired, won't shake his hand, uh, tells Duke Johnson Jr. to get on board and get out, um, tells everybody in the league what what they're going to do, you know, and then, he doesn't produce because every because the keys all of a sudden become the focal point of it. I'm not sure he's talented enough to carry all of that out. It sounded good at the beginning, and everyone gave him a lot of credit for having that kind of confidence. But if you're not able to back it up, the NFL will humble you quickly. So, from that perspective, I think he just overrated himself, and the league just caught up in his paid, you know, he has their undivided attention. So his ability to do things that he ordinarily would have done because he's just kind of under the radar, not at all. With regards to Odell Beckham Jr., he doesn't throw the ball to himself, so it's kind of hard to say that he's overrated at this point. Um, Your value as a diva number one wide receiver is really tied into your quarterback. I mean, Michael Irvin could do it because he had Troy the right to do because you have Steve Young and Joe Montana. I mean, certain players can do it, but if you have, you know, Baker Mayfield coming off of Eli Manning before that, you'll end up like Keyshawn Johnson. You'll always have the, you know, the physical attributes and the potential to be a great receiver. But you know, if you have bombs Tony the ball, then there's a whole not a whole lot you can do. Well, hold on,
0: hold on, um, hold on. Back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. You call it Eli Manning a bum, but Eli Manning was a quarterback who helped him get the recognition that he has now, the recognition that he has now. So that's not entirely true, is it?
1: Yeah, that is entirely true. The first couple of years, Eli still had a little bit left in the tank the last couple of years he had been doing. Odell Beckham at the service. He wasn't who he was. um, Yeah, certainly not someone that a number one receiver receiver wants throwing the ball to him.
0: Okay, um, is, is Baker overrated? Baker isn't playing. Baker, through. I would say that. I, I'm not going to say he's overrated. I'm going to say he's not playing to his full potential. Why that is, I'm not sure. Is it? I know. I'm confident that they do have quite definitively the best receiving court in the league. He's not getting the. He's not getting them the ball. On um, Monday night, it looked like their offensive line wasn't wasn't getting the job done. Whether we heard Rex Ryan call him a couple of weeks ago a one read quarterback, well, if that's the case, the coach needs to do a, do a better job making play calling, calling runs, running the ball more often, like Pete Carroll does, and then allowing Russell Wilson to be Special off the play action, play action pass. We're not seeing that. That might be a, a, a factor in coaching. Is Odell Beckham overrated? Hard to say. He's overrated. However, I'm not getting the production from a number one receiver that he the highest paid receiver in the game. I'm not getting the production. Again, whether that's coaching, whether that's the quarterback not getting it done. I'm not sure what it is, but we're not seeing the best of the Cleveland Browns at this point. They only, they only beat two teams, though one of those teams was the Baltimore Ravens. I still think they have a good chance to get into the playoffs because their record, after Seattle and New England, two L's they're going to take here in the next couple of weeks. They do have the Broncos, the Bills, the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Steelers, Cincinnati, the Cardinals, the Ravens. The Bengals. I think the best team in in the division is the Ravens, and they already beat the Ravens. I'd expect them to beat the Steelers. I, you know, I'm I'm losing confidence, more confidence in Mike Mike Tomlin, losing more confidence in the Steelers. So I think they're they're not in um, panic mode, but we haven't seen. I, I'll gladly freely admit we haven't seen the best of the Cleveland Browns. Now, what do you think about your boy, Richard Sherman, and his Bush League tactics? Saying Baker was Bush League for not shaking hands when the three hundred and fifty cameras on the NFL field during Monday night caught him shaking hands. What do, what do you think about that? Uh, disappointed. Uh, okay. Certainly, I
1: know that Rich was excited to be on an understudied team you know, on Monday night in impressive fashion and be able to kind of get back in front of the camera with some type of, uh, you know, bravado, some type of purpose, um, you know, not having been able to do that in quite some time, I was just extremely disappointed that he came with a lie. You just don't have to make things up in, you know, in 2020 and, um, when you do, um, that the truth catches up with you quite quickly. It kind of reminded me of uh, I don't know if you remember the uh the tweet that uh Bill Bow wow sent out uh last year talking about how he how he kicks it on uh Lear Jets and then twenty minutes later they took a picture of him uh sitting in coach and then and then a picture of the Lear Jet picture that he sent. It's like, yeah, man, you just, you can't just make stuff up, man. It's just technology is such that they can plan out really quickly if they want to, right? And he just fell victim to that.
0: I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, first of all, he's a veteran, so he should be above that. Secondly, <laughs> you, as a veteran, you should know that there's cameras everywhere. Lastly, Baker was Sherman. He's. Uh, Baker Mayfield pulled in the same tactics that Sherman, Richard Sherman pulled, you know, years ago, before the Legion of Boom, before they won Super Bowls. You know, being brash, going up and trying to shake Tom Brady's hand after they, you know, knowing damn well Tom Brady don't want to shake his hand. You know, you mad, bro. Come on now. This is the same stuff you were doing, big guy. So how are you going to turn around now and, and be like, Becky, you're wrong for this. So I'm not exactly sure where Sherman was going with this, where it's coming from. Um, be quiet and play football, man. As you stated, you haven't been on the big scene on the, on the big stage in some years now. Just just play football, and when your team has actually beat somebody deserving of this bravado, then then you may be able to talk a lot or talk a little bit. Let's see what they do this week against the Rams. Let's see if you have that same energy. This week against the Rams. That's what I'm interested in seeing. So I'm, I'm a little, like you say, surprised and disappointed by that. Um, speaking of disappointment, what's your thoughts on these charges?
1: Oh, man, I don't even know really where to begin. I know that they have been besieged uh, with injuries. It started out with their injury very early. Um, you know, it's trickled on down a county and, you know, quite a few players on the defensive line, but um given where they were at the end of last season, I definitely expected more. Um I don't want to say that I expected them to, to push the Chiefs for the division, but I definitely expected them to give the Chiefs a lot more of a, a challenge than it looks like they're going to. Um I don't know necessarily that the Melvin Gordon holdout had anything to do with it because they were getting pretty good production from their running game even without him. Um, But the Chargers every other year, they kind of seem to do this. You know, this is not unusual where they fall into a, you know, let's just say a three and six and then all of a sudden rattle off, you know, five straight games and all of a sudden they're eight and seven and they're one game away from making the playoffs and they miss it because, you know, They had all those previous losses, so it's kind of hard to decide what to make of them other than they're underachieving, Um, but they definitely have the talent and they have the leadership to turn it around. Whether they will or not is is kind of, you know, a question mark, but I wouldn't
0: count them out just yet. Well, I'm not counting them out just yet. I gave them five losses on the season. I predicted 11-5. to looks like they're going to have to go on one of the runs you just mentioned kind of a mid-season runs here with six, seven games in a row just to kind of get back to respectability or where you expect them to be, I should say. And their injuries have hurt them. Derwin James, week after week, I see that there's just whole gaping holes in the secondary. Some of that Derwin James will feel. Uh, Dutton, Sutton caught caught the pass the other day. with was a 15-yard pass. The safety and the cornerback get over there and Try to bump him off the sideline. Nobody wraps him up, and then he just continues running for another sixty-five yards it was, or sixty yards. It was kind of embarrassing, but that's exactly the plays that Derwin James would be there to make that tackle. Philip Lindsay runs for averages seven yards a carry, running right right down the middle, um, just putting a couple moves on on the safety that was filling in for him, and and he he's getting big gainers so. James is a heavy, heavy factor. Though Thomas Davis is getting a lot of tackles, they're not tackles for loss. They're not tackles slowing down the offense. I think Pairman's still a step slow out there, and they're running by him. Although Pairman looks awesome in the uniform, he's not getting the job done on the field. So hopefully they can shore up some of that. That pouncy injury hurts. Maybe that was why they, they were having problems running the ball. We'll see, I'll be able to talk to the the coach tomorrow to kind of get an idea of, of that scheme. But, yeah, to this point, they've been disappointing. And it, it is only week five, so I, they got two more losses before the panic. But I'd push the panic button. Are you a believer in Jacoby Brissett and the Indianapolis Colts? Yeah, you weren't when Andrew Luck was there. Are you a believer of Holy Brissett? I'm a believer that they
1: are a factor in the playoff picture because teams that would have made the playoffs will take Ellis to them, and they have the potential to win enough games to if things fall in their favor that they can sneak into the playoffs. So I definitely think that they are in the playoff hunt. Do I expect for them to make it? Not really. Where be surprised if they made it? Not really. If they made it, do I expect them to win a playoff game? No.
0: <laughs> Man, they they can run the ball and they can stop the run. That's a good recipe for making it far in the playoffs. Can Brissett hold them off and make plays down the down the stretch? That's yet to be seen. And but they do have two of the two of the uh, three formulas to be a winning team: run the ball and stop them the run. We'll see if Jacoby Brissett can make a few plays down the stretch and win them some games. That's what it's going to come down to. Or right, for a better win, worst loss segment. Was it a better win for the Seattle Seahawks or a worse loss for the traveling Los Angeles Rams last week? Worst
1: there. loss. Worst loss for the Los Angeles Rams. My goodness, it was teed up right there, man. Come up to the 206, get your win, and they back down, and, uh, you know, back down in LA in second place. Now you're in third place, and now you're scrambling. You're playing the first-place team. You lose that game, and now you're, like, almost innings, almost four games back. So, excuse me, three games back, and that's a long place to be, you know. Definitely the well, worst loss for the Rams.
0: Good thing is that they – I'm surprised to hear you say it's the worst loss for a team going into Seattle. I mean, the way it went – the way the game played out and to miss a field goal to lose a game, Seattle did a good job to stay in the game. A couple questionable calls, a couple questionable plays there in the final minutes, moments of the game. However – I'd say it was a good win, a better win for the Seahawks because the Rams weren't expecting to blow out the Hawks like they did last year in, in Seattle. So they got the San Francisco 49ers coming to their house this weekend, and they have to win. This is almost a must win because if you don't win this game, yeah, you, you've given up. you've given up the division title to – Two inferior teams, I would say. Either one of them, Seattle or the Niners, I would expect to to win the division title if the Rams should lose this game here at home to San Francisco 49ers. Better win for the winless Broncos or worse loss for the Chargers?
1: Worst loss for the Chargers. I mean, there's just no way, if you're trying to stay competitive with the Kansas City Chiefs, they've already shown some susceptibility by losing the game, um, that you lose the game to a team that hasn't won a game for that. Um, the, the Denver Broncos are terrible. In my opinion, they're the fourth-worst team in the NFL. So to, to drop that one
0: for a team that has playoff aspirations, it's got to be a worse loss for them. Hey, you summed that up pretty well with a pretty demoralizing loss. In my three years of being around the Chargers, I haven't seen head coach Anthony Lynn as frustrated as he was post-game. And it will be interesting to see how they rebound from, from this win this weekend. They got the Steelers coming into town. You know, the Steelers are going to be a little angry. The house is going to be filled with Steelers fans, which is <laughs> it's amazing. It was amazing to see the Texans fill up the stadium a few weeks ago. It was even more amazing to see 70% Broncos fans in the building this past Sunday. And I can only imagine that the Steelers fans travel more than the Broncos fans. So I can only imagine what the stadium is going to look like this week. Um, The Chargers, it's unfortunate for the Chargers. They don't have a home game. There's no game where they can say, We're comfortable, take a deep breath, we're at home, this is our territory, this is our turf. They don't have that like every other team in the NFL does, so it it has them at a disadvantage. However, when I approach the players with this, they say they're used to it. This is what what it is, this is what we expect. There's nothing that we can do to control it. It's unfortunate for them. So the Monday night game we spoke a little bit about, was that a better win for the Niners or worse loss for the Browns? Uh
1: better win for the Niners. I think the Niners thought that they were pretty good, and after the way they roughed up the Browns um, on national television, they, they're definitely feeling themselves. Um, they think that they're really good. Um, they think that they're in that conversation for, uh, you know, let's go play in February in Miami. So definitely a better win for them. Gives them confidence. Um, they were able to see their team at their apex, you know, at their – extended their powers and, you know, what that looks like. So definitely a better one for them.
0: Well, I still think they have some room to grow. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have an outstanding game. They won the game mainly on their defense and the three turnovers that Baker Mayfield gave them. So I wouldn't go that far, but to say that they're a playoff team. But they have – they they won the game conventionally, and that's what you want. You want to see some of the young studs uh, step up and make plays, and that's what we saw from them on Sunday. Speaking of those Cleveland Browns, man, I had the Cleveland Browns in my confidence pick. I told you I only gave them one point, and they lost that point for me. As did the Chargers. They lost two points for me. As did the Chiefs. They lost four points for me, giving me a total of eight Bruce. points a week. Um, you lost KC, too, man. Don't, don't get too loud over there. There was only one point, and the Chargers lost for you. You came in a total of 11 points. And I got a little ground to make up. I'll leave it at that. I got a little ground to make up. Somehow you jumped out to a quick lead here through five weeks. And
1: commanding is I think I think it's a little you're, you're growing for a commanding lead in the uh, confidence picks. So yeah, uh, well,
0: I wouldn't go that far, buddy. But you, you got you got jumped out to a, a good lead. Good, good work out of you. Um, to review the game from last week, we both had Seahawks winning. We both had Cincinnati over the Cardinals. Cardinals uh, eked out a win. My Buffalo Bills beat the Tennessee Titans, gave me an extra point there. We both had the Bears, who lost uh, the Raiders in, in London, I should say. Toronto, or New Orleans got us to win. Minnesota got us to win. Philadelphia got us to win. I had Buffalo beating Pittsburgh. New England, we both had New England winning – I had Jacksonville over Carolina. I was going with Ms. However, your guy, Mr. Special Team player, has now led the Bucks or led the Panthers, I should say, to a three and a three and two record and it has a lot of people wondering where is Cam. I had Houston over Atlanta. They went ahead and blew them out. As I stated, we both had the Chargers over the Broncos. I had Green Bay over Dallas. You want to talk about that game and talk about your Cowboys and what happened there?
1: Well, I, I certainly thought that the uh, the Cowboys would do something they did. Um, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers was stepping up and being an Aaron Rodgers kind of kind of player. You know, they established a the run game, they played strong defense, and then you know they took Ezekiel the Elliott out of uh, out of the game.
0: Well, Aaron Rodgers, I think, was just along for the ride because as your boy Aaron Jones had four rushing touchdowns last week and that defense isn't the defense that we've seen from last year or earlier in the season. And the Cowboys has also beat three non-playoff teams to get to this record, to get to this point in the season, and then lose to uh, you know, the Packers who've been playing good defense. So it's yet to be de- yet to be determined what this team's makeup is, though they do get the biplanes this week and a chance to get Mm helping. We both had the Chiefs, and we saw with the Indianapolis Colts with their ability to run the ball. And, you know, it was a self-inflicted wound when the lineman, the tackle I think it was, stepped on the foot of MVP Patrick Mahomes. But that severely slowed him down. He wasn't able to get around, get out of the pocket, and make big plays. And they're missing, you know, it, it's hard to say, but they are missing a couple of big play receivers, uh, most notably Tyreek Hill. So they actually took an L. I don't think anybody had them going 16-0. Uh, and 0. However, I don't think anybody had the Colts beating them as well. I sure didn't. So I lost there. I did have the Browns over the Niners, and you stuck with a homer pick in the NFC West and put the Niners over the Browns, or maybe that was just to a it to me and Baker Mayfield.
1: Oh, that but, was just that was just complete total transparency as to what was kind of what was going on. I tried to forewarn you, but you just didn't want to, you know, pay attention. So sorry about
0: that for you. Well, nonetheless, uh, I won the picks for the week nine to seven. Actually, the picks to get the spread. I have Buffalo, Jacksonville lost, and I had Green Bay. Give me two points. You had New Orleans, Pittsburgh, and Atlanta, who both lost Pittsburgh and Atlanta. Give you one point. So, again, closing ground on there. On the picks against the spread, and we got there's some work to be made up there. Let's take a break right here, Cleveland. Uh, the people at What's Good in Sports want to talk to you, talk to fans, and make sure you guys tune into the website. Every Cleveland, have you seen the What's Good in Sports website? Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Lots of
1: uh, positive stories and lots of great content.
0: Um, the people they told me uh, personally, make sure you guys go visit the website. So please, when you get a chance after the show, check out the What's Good in Sports.com website. Looking into looking into the games that we're looking forward to seeing this week, I'm looking forward to seeing my Dolphins get their first win of the season. But like, might be their only. Well, we got the we still have the Jets and the Bills to play, so we'll probably get three wins, four, four wins I can count on for sure this season. But we're gonna get the first week win against the season against the uh, Washington Redskins, opposed to what all the haters and doubters think about our squad. Another, there's a, several good games this week. Actually, the Texans take on the Chiefs. The Eagles play the Vikings. The Niners play the Rams. Steelers at the Chargers on Sunday night, and the Lions and the Packers. What games are you looking forward to watching, sir? Most I should say. Well,
1: let's 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 not beat around the bush. I'm I'm you know very interested to see how the Rams and the Forty ers end up because you know it basically will determine how the NFC West you know unfolds going forward. Um, in, in addition to you know the, the Hawks going across the country and facing that Baker Mayfield guy, you seem to keep wanting to talk about and that great uh, receiving core. And you know, I know I know how much Shelby helped you out last week in the uh, fantasy football rankings. So uh, those two games, without question, are the two games that I'm the most looking forward to see. It, it will go a long way to determining how the eventual. NFC West champion
0: will be. Okay. Well, yeah, there's a lot of good football to be played. Um if we go down the list, let the fans know that I do have my my Miami Dolphins upsetting Washington. It's not even an upset. Well Washington's favored by three for some reason. How they have a um they'll have a new coach come in there and who's even quarterback? Is Colt McCoy the quarterback? We don't even know who their quarterback is.
1: And they it's have it's still Colt McCoy, yeah. It and sure they
0: Colt McCoy beating my Dolphins. Come on, man. The Dolphins. Yep. If they can't beat the Washington Redskins, this then is Then what? Then what? We might make Then our, what? We might need to make some serious changes down there. I mean. Oh,
1: okay. Oh, for real? Mid season? Wow, I thought you guys had a plan. Stockpiling all those picks and um you have the Belichick disciple at the helm and you know, man, good thing is coming in 2022, 2023, right?
0: 2022 and twenty three. what the hell are we supposed to do till then? We're just losing time. Right,
1: so you just got to wait it out.
0: Come on, man. That, that is the dumbest philosophy. Uh, 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 that's the dumbest philosophy available. If the coach is any good, any and worth any grain of salt, he gathers his team up and say, hey, guys, for pride's sake, you know, a lot of you guys have kids. A lot of you guys have wives. Aren't you embarrassed to go home? Aren't you embarrassed to show your face on South Beach? Owen, and- Owen four. I mean, for pride's sake, win a damn game. Is it's this is this is atrocious. If they live, lose to the Skins, man, I might have to. Oh, reason, I might have to talk to, to, the the to, to Steven Ross. I mean, I might have to okay, go out you and I'm gonna have to go put my name in the hat for the next GM for the coach. Ross, let me let me talk to these guys. Let me let me pick a coach. In a, let me pick a coach. Let me pick a quarterback. Let me pick some players. Cause I guarantee you, I can find some players who want to win and who want to win football games. It can't be that freaking difficult. It cannot. And it's irking the shit out of me out here, week after week, and hear people make jokes about my squad. It, 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 it's it's irking me. I'm, I'm about at my boiling point. And Stephen Ross, if you're listening, man, I'm going to have to come down and talk to you if we end up losing to the Redskins. And that's not going to be a pretty conversation. It's going to be like Ice Cube going into going, going into the Interscope Records with the baseball bat. Like, furniture is going to have to be changed around here. There's going to be rearranging the furniture around here if I have to go down to South Florida, Stephen Ross. So I encourage you to get these boys, um,
1: have these boys winning the game. Okay. Oh, well, oh, they—they they sell those Louisville sluggers that you're talking about at Dick's Sporting Goods. I suggest you go down there and kind of, uh, you know, feel which one out what's the best for you, and get your resume updated because they're going to lose the Redskins,
0: my friend. Oh my goodness. Uh, we both have New England over the Giants, Carolina over the Buccaneers, Seattle over the Browns, KC over the over the Texans. I have Minnesota defending their home turf against the Eagles. we talk about the Eagles. I've seen a lot of top um, – I've seen a lot of power rankings in the NFL this week, and they all include the Eagles, and I'm not sure why. I'm just not – I'm not, not sure why. I'm losing confidence in, in wins. So I'm losing confidence in that receiving core. The defense isn't what it is. The running game is suspect. but I do have Minnesota winning the game. And uh you wanna talk to other people why you think you have why do you think the Eagles will win this game against the Minnesota Vikings?
1: Sure, yeah, I just don't have a whole lot of confidence in the Minnesota Vikings, unfortunately. Um Kirk Cousins did have, you know, somewhat of a bounce back game last week. Good for him. You know, probably I mean, something live up to the eighty four million guaranteed, um, you know, to a certain extent for a game. Um, other than Dalvin Cook, that's really the only player that really, you know, puts any fear in my heart in any way, shape, form or fashion. That's those guys are, you know, they just kinda of look a little lost out there. Um, Bickering with the uh coaching staff and the quarterback, you know, Stefan Diggs wants out of town, Adam Galen wants the ball more. It's a, you know, it's kind of a mess over there, to be quite honest. And, you know, I just feel like the Eagles, you know, can kind of weather the storm, you know, put a few things back to back together, you know, kind of, you know, stick and move, stick and move and Next thing you know, they're eight and five, and it's them and the Cowboys for the for the uh, title. You know, the NFC East, and whoever wins, it they know they get a you know they get a, a pass to the playoffs. So I feel like that's the focus, and that you know games like this are games that they need to win, and they'll they'll take care of business.
0: Well, on Diggs, wink wink, is playing for everybody else in the league. We know the. NFL trade deadline is quickly approaching. And, again, Stephon Diggs is playing for everybody else in the NFL. And I don't know why T. Carroll hasn't ringed their phone yet. Spoiler alert, champ. N- nobody wants Stephon Diggs, okay?
1: <laughs> uh, if I had the quarterback. Yeah, so the Vikings don't even really want him at this point. But, you know, they already committed. So, you know, oh, well.
0: Set it out. Uh, I have New Orleans. We both had New Orleans over the Jaguars. Baltimore over, excuse me, Baltimore over the Bengals, excuse me. I have the Rams beating the Niners, and you're going with the Niners two weeks in a row. I I don't think, as long as we've been doing this show together, I don't think you've ever picked the San Francisco 49ers two weeks in a row. I'm going to have to do some research to see, to take your your picks and see how this has been. But I, I can't remember you picking the Niners two weeks in a row. I feel I feel you're right with that. It, it's been quite some time since they've been uh, formidable like this.
1: Um, I think that they're just catching the, the Rams at a really bad time, and uh, they're going to take advantage of the opportunity, seize the moment, uh, you know, at least get a, you know, like, what's that? Yeah, three-game Christian on them, and,
0: you know, hopefully, you know, maintain the one-game Christian they have with the Hawks. So. That will be a tremendous win for the uh 49ers, if they do, in fact, get a W on Sunday in Los Angeles versus the Rams. That will be a tremendous W, and that would be a crushing, crushing blow to the Rams, the Rams fans, the coaching staff. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Would that be a a hurtful loss to the Rams if they actually lost this game? Another team down there in the south Atlanta just falling apart all over the place. I have Arizona beating them this week, so do you. I'm talking about blowing the squad up. I'm talking about revamping. Um, that squad needs to be I, I don't know, man. I, I have no word for the Atlanta Falcons. They make after making the Super Bowl two years ago, they have just absolutely coped scrapped and the diaper hasn't been changed on them guys. I don't know what it is. I don't know how they work it out. I don't know. Dan Quinn has done the best he could, and and maybe he, he's not the guy because these guys, don't. they're not getting any better with this culture regime. What do you think? Well, they're,
1: they're vested in uh, veterans, unfortunately. Uh, both happen to be, you know, Julio Jones. I possibly at the top of uh, his position, top three on anybody's list. Matty Ice, I mean, I, I think most of them are in the top seven, so those two pieces are not movable. Um, the defense that looks very young and sprouts um, two years ago looks very injury prone and a little brittle. Um, you know, a lot of holes in that, uh, in that defense. And in addition, the running game. Devontae Simon is, is who we thought he was, and without that, you know, like as we you know discussed a few weeks ago, without the you know Tim Coleman kind of one-two punch, it's kind of you know it's suspects. So, although Matty Ice has you know weapons around him, he's got the Ridley, he's got the Hooper. Um, I just don't see them going going anywhere this year, and
0: I think it's time to rebuild, unfortunately. Yeah, rebuild is what they're going to need to do. Um, well, we'll probably see Matty Ice in, in Philadelphia, Washington, or somewhere else next season because he, it's not working down in Atlanta. They need to do something else. We vote, Or I have Denver over Tennessee. You got Tennessee over Broncos. I, almost, I, I had to change that pick. I almost had Tennessee. I'm thinking of Broncos at home. Big win last week. They're going to keep the momentum going. There's nothing – in Tennessee that I have confidence with, um, you know, Derrick Henry, and you even have confidence in that. But there's not much to have confidence in other than that defense will play pretty good. The offense won't score any points. I got Denver in that game. We both have Dallas over the Jets. We both have the Chargers over the Raiders and Green Bay over the Lions on Monday night. We'll see how, th- how things shake out. Uh, my confidence picks, I got Miami. I'm giving Miami a point. The first time they've been on my board all year. I got Seattle, Baltimore, Dallas, and New England. You have New England for five points, Baltimore for four points, Dallas for three, KC for two, and Green Bay. Where's your Washington? Why don't you have the Redskins on there since you're so confident that they're going to be my Dolphins? Why don't you have the Redskins on there at number five? Why don't well, you like- give them five points?
1: Well, like you say, Cam, I mean, I can only pick five teams. So, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, the skins um, with a new coach and a quarterback named Colt McCoy, they just didn't make my top five in confidence. But am I confident they'll beat that Miami Dolphins? Yeah, absolutely.
0: But you're not really that confident because you would have them on your board and you don't have them on your board.
1: No, I really, I really, I really am that confident, but because this is a competition –
0: well, let, I, picked
1: me, that, I picked the five that I pick the five best games. Well, let's just put it that way.
0: Well, well, let me make a change since you sound so confident. Let me put them in there at number three for uh, exchange them for the Cowboys. You put the Redskins there. No, thank you. I'm confident with my uh, confidence picks as they are. Doesn't sound too confident to me, fellas, fans. It doesn't sound like he's very confident in the Skins anymore. And when he come when he comes down and put money on it, he's definitely not confident in them. On. Let's take another break here, big fella. We're going to have a, before we take a break, We fans, go to YouTube, in this break time, hear Shaq this Dame dollar, and we're going to come back and talk about that. All right, fans, once again, this is Week 57, Voice of the Fans. Thank you guys for tuning in. Clevon, let the people know where they can find you.
1: They can find me at Clevon Wonder on Twitter, and they can find me at Clevon Steel on Instagram.
0: And if they want to talk about fantasy football or they want to read off on fantasy football, what do you got for them?
1: Oh, my gosh. The – craziest book about fantasy football ever written. It is called Inside the Mind of a Lunatic Fantasy Football Owner. It chronicles the trials and tribulations of a frustrated fantasy football owner and all of the egregious, devious things he does to get back at his opponents who talk trash about him in his fantasy football league.
0: Speaking of fantasy football, we're gonna get we're gonna talk more about that later and kind of where you are and what your team is doing. Because uh, off the top of my head, I'm not sure they're doing too too swell, pal. But we're going to get to that later. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. Um, on this day, sir, several years ago, 1974, in fact, Frank Robinson became the first black Major League Baseball manager. Do you know what team he was the manager of? I want to say the Baltimore Orioles. I think he played for the Orioles. But he ended up becoming the manager of the Cleveland Indians. Ah. On this day, 1989, kind of closer to our time, Soviet news reported an unidentified flying object. The report included a trio of tall aliens that have visited the the city of Do you remember hearing about the the UFO and these aliens flying around town?
1: I do vaguely remember hearing that, but it was back in the day when, you know, media coverage is not what it was, you know, not what it is today. And it it very well may have happened and we just didn't have enough technology to let the whole world know,
0: you know? Yeah, not as, back then I remember the most, important. in eighty nine the most important thing I remember hearing about the Soviet Union is uh Kiev the nuclear radiation explosion they had back there a bunch of people died from the radiation and affected a lot of people a lot of families that's the uh, the biggest news I remember hearing about them from the, in that time outside of the, obviously the cold war but it, it a little closer to today is two thousand bread hole. Scored a 611 goal in the NHL. The goal allowed him to pass his father Bobby Hall on the all-time scoring scoring list, making him number nine on that on that list. Actually, um, about this time of year, you know, I, I closed my window in my bedroom the other day. I just closed my window. I closed. You know, close a couple windows in the house. Actually, the, the turn on the heat is not even a thought process of mine. But electric blankets, Cleveland, I'm sure you have one on your bed up there. The first electric blanket went on sale 1946. I didn't realize the electric blanket was that old, but uh, I know you got a couple in the house, and, and you guys use them well in Washington, don't you?
1: It um, definitely comes in handy. I'm not going to lie to you. It, it's not a Southern challenge kind of a climate up here. And, yes, it's a, we have been tuning in for a couple of weeks
0: now. Thanks for, thanks for asking. Yeah, I, just, I figured that was the case. So, fans, it's segment three. I want to break out the first what's good supremacy ranking of the season. LeVon, had you had a chance to take a look at the list?
1: Enlighten me, Cam, so I can uh, put a little bit of criticism to this list.
0: I mean, there, I don't think there's any holes to criticize here. But at, I'll go out in reverse order. At number ten, I have your guy. All of a sudden, you that you All of a sudden, you like this guy. Two years ago, you thought he'd just be a specialty running back. But Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Allen have led the Carolina Panthers to my number ten. Ranking in the what's the supremacy list, at number nine I have the Dallas Cowboys. Number eight, surprisingly, the Buffalo Bills four and one, a whisker away from being five and zero. The Buffalo Bills have leaped into my supremacy ranking at number eight. Number seven, I have the aforementioned Los Angeles Rams. Last year's Super, NFC Super Bowl. MC Super Bowl representative, they're still fighting the stigma of the Super Bowl hangover, but I have them hanging on right now at number seven. Just ahead of them I have, and this will change obviously next week because I have just ahead of the Rams at number six, I have the San Francisco 49ers. And to round out the NFC West division, I do have the Seattle Seahawks at number five, led by MVP candidate Russell Wilson. Who's now taking over the team? Where you where he was a game manager two years ago? Today he's a MVP quarterback. Number four, I do have the Green Bay Packers led by Aaron Rodgers and the defense that he's never had, and a running game that he's that's been evading him for so many years. This might be the com- most complete team of the Green Bay Packers. I have them at number four. At number three, I have the Teddy Bridgewater led. New Orleans Saints, at number three on the What's Good Supremacy ranking. They are my Super Bowl NFC representative pick for uh, 2020, I should say. But as of now, they are the number three team in my NFC ranking. And when Drew Brees comes back, they're going to hold tight right there at number three. Number two, I do have last year's MVP, Patrick Mahomes and his Kansas City Chiefs hanging strong at number two of the What's Good Supremacy rankings, and sadly to say, I have the New England Patriots at number one. I just don't know how you can have any other team. They are five and zero, smashing everybody. They have the best defensive coach in NFL history, along with arguably one of the better quarterbacks in NFL history. Until proven differently, they have comfortably secured their spot at number one in the first what's-good supremacy ranking of the year. Where do you agree or where do you disagree, sir? Um, Not a bad list. Not a bad list. Um,
1: Bills are a little high. And the Texans, the Bears... And the Ravens are all sitting just right outside that uh, Carolina Panther pin spot,
0: waiting to see what happens. Yeah, this is the this list is fluid, but they're, the Bears got some consideration. Their quarterback wasn't strong enough to get them into the list. The Ravens, mm, they they make a tough argument for number. They're probably at number eleven. and the Texans they might be number 12. But we'll see, we'll see how things shake out. The Bills make this list. And looking at some of the numbers, the Bills have allowed 68 points through 5 games. That is the least points allowed since 1993. And we know what happened in
1: 1993, right? Kim, have they played the Dolphins yet?
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> have, they played, have
0: they played the Dolphins yet? They have not played the Dolphins as yet, sir. No.
1: Okay. Have they played the Jets?
0: They haven't played the Jets again, which makes this list a pretty, which makes their squad a pretty good uh, squad because they played. They beat yeah, they them played the Jets, people. man. They yeah, them. they beat the Jets, man. Yeah. Okay. Listen, and the Titans. Okay. The, the, okay. The, the Titans the Titans are in the 20s, man. Come on, stop it. Don't don't mess up. Just try to mess up my list here. So Carolina, Carolina and the Bills are kind of the only questionable teams, I would say. But to this point in their season, as I was stating, the, the Bills have allowed 68 points. The last time they did anything like this, through five games, I should say, was in 1993. They allowed 67 points. And it, I don't know if you recall what happened in 1993. The Bills were on their way to their third Super Bowl appearance. In my yeah.
1: Hall of Fame quarterback Jim Kelly, I certainly do remember that. Cornelius Jennings Bruce Smith, uh Tally. Yeah. A, a very devastating defense.
0: Yeah, so where where this might be the no name defense, they're they're getting the job done on the field. So they, they were able to squeeze into my into my supremacy ranking with the four and one record. And again, just six points away from being five and six points were against the Patriots. So, the number one, they lost to the number one rated team. So, that's pretty good out of the Buffalo Bills. And no, they haven't beat the Dolphins because they'll probably end up with the loss to the Dolphins by the time the season's over. But for this week, the week number, uh after five games, they are number eight on my supremacy ranking. Now, sir, a- after you question his ability in the NFL and his potential in the NFL, and you thought he'd be a a Pro Bowl punt returner and kick returner. Have you seen enough from Christian McCaffrey to put him anywhere on your top five MVP rankings for this season thus far?
1: Well, Cam, for those out there that have read my book, Inside the Mind of a Lunatic Fantasy Football Owner, Everyone knows how I feel about Christian Jackson McCaffrey at this point. Oh I clearly when, when when he came out of Stanford and I heard all the rhetoric and the talk about him being the next uh Reggie Bush, I was extremely skeptical. Thought maybe he would tilt the rock forty times a season, uh, have a few spectacular uh special teams returns here and there, and um to my surprise, as I've gotten to know the real Christian Jackson McCaffrey—he's a special young man, special young man. Uh, quite possibly the greatest fantasy football player in the history of fantasy football. And if your question is, is he in the top five MVP uh, rankings as at present? Without question, he's in the top five.
0: Where do you have where do you have him rated? If you were to rank your MVP list thus far in the season? I honestly it happened at number three behind uh
1: Mahomes and Russ.
0: That's high praise. That's high praise for for a guy who got zero recognition coming out of the coming out of college. Good good work out of you. And and you, you mentioned that the odd number forty. You thought he had forty carries in the season, which is kinda of laughable. Through five weeks in the season, we have a we have a standing bet that somebody's not gonna catch forty passes. Through five weeks in the season, you've got DK Metcalf at number 12. Are you are you satisfied with this? Are you satisfied with this performance thus far?
1: I am not satisfied with the number of targets um, and the number of touches, no. I definitely know that he's capable of doing more. Um, it's one of the reasons that I uh, have Brian Schottenheimer on speed dial right now as we speak, trying to figure out exactly what his plan is for the uh six foot three, two hundred and forty pound unit that runs four two five. So uh no I'm not I'm not uh, satisfied with his production at
0: all. Well help me out. How many targets would you like to see from this guy in through five games? I mean there's twenty six targets, five games. He started four of those games, so that's if you count the games that he started, that's six targets a game. All all season for five games, that's just over five targets a game. At 22 yards, uh, uh, average. What, what, do you, what more do you want to see from this guy? I
1: need three to four. I need three to five more targets a game. He, he's that kind of distance maker
0: when the ball is in his hands. But can he catch the ball when it's in the air? That's the question. That might be the question. Because out of 22, okay, well,
1: I, I understand the respect that you're coming from because Segetios is not a is, is not you know something you're looking forward to. So yeah. I definitely understand you being on the other side of the ledger. I'm just saying when they get this thing turned around and understand what an offensive weapon he can be, and they learn how to use him properly, it's going to change. That's all I'm saying. I understand why you don't want them to change. Who wants either oh, a 16-ounce can of SpaghettiOs? You I, know, but that's not saying it's not going to happen.
0: Our, our bet is irregardless of what I'm asking you. I, I'm asking you how many more targets would you like to see? Um and I, and
1: I said three to five more targets a game. With three to five more targets, you'll have forty to fifty yards more production, and probably six to eight more touchdowns.
0: Okay, all right. Well, you're you're, you're lofty up there. Your your goal, your goals are lofty. Mister um, Cleveland, do you want do you want to touch on this NBA versus China topic at all? Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't know enough about the topic. I know what's going on. I know China essentially doesn't want them in there. Since Adam Silver has decided to support and back Daryl Morey's text and tweet about Hong Kong and support his uh, right to free speech. Outside of that, I, I don't understand what's going on in China. I, I don't know enough about it to comment on it. I should say, but if you do, I'm allow you to speak anything, speak to speak on it.
1: Extremely touchy subject, not something that can be broached, um, you know, in a short period of time, ultimately it is, um, China trying to flex its economic, uh, muscles. Um, and, um, you know, once again, very uh, impressed with the way Adam Silver has handled the whole thing. I mean, clearly, uh, the general manager, Laurie was way out of his lane and what he was saying, um, as a general manager as someone that just um, basically sabotaged a a billion dollar market um, with his comments, but at the same time he is, um, you know, free to say what he wants, you know, freedom of speech. Um, It it was a little perhaps um, irresponsible given the fact that China's biggest player played in Houston um, and that uh, quite a bit of their market is, tied into that so it's hard to say i mean at, at, on the one end no one really thinks that he said anything wrong just because of the way that china has handled the situation from an american perspective on hong kong but again like you said it's very deep-rooted and it's not something that we can just kind of you know kind of assess you know from the outside looking to the the, how they feel about it what should have been done and what should have been said and what was correct and not correct um from here we just have to kind of see how the whole thing plays itself out it sounds like you know, it just won't have as much of a presence in china as they have hoped for uh, they can smooth things over down the you know down the road we'll see but for right now China's not something games you know cutting certain activities off and that kind of thing uh definitely sets a precedence they they want a bigger and louder apology than they got so and I don't think that's coming from Adam Silver. So we'll see how things transpire.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things transpire. I know Adam Silver was making a trip to China today. I do not know the results of the trip. And he was going to try diplomacy to kind of smooth things over, which I applaud him for doing. The Chinese don't want to listen to it. There's not much he can, he can say with them pulling down the banners and painting over the Houston Rockets logo and the various gyms that they had out there. You know they're they're little, they're serious they're, they're serious about what they're talking about and I I would suspect that there's enough money involved with the Chargers and China or excuse me with the China and NBA partnerships between the NBA and their players et cetera, that go on that they'll be able to smooth things out I would suspect that this will get worked out sooner than we sooner than we think. So we'll see how things shake out. Um, there was another beef here recently that kind of captured the ears and minds of hoop fans and sports fans around. What's your thoughts? And, and I, I guess I asked you your thoughts and then your, how do you have the score? Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard came out with two diss tracks against Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neill came out with two diss tracks against Dame. The, in round one, I thought it was even. In round two, I think Shaq absolutely clobbered Damian Lillard, and it's not even close. So I have it two to two to one, Shaq. How do you have a score, sir? First of all, for, before you answer, did you hear both both tracks from both rappers?
1: I heard both tracks from both rappers, yeah.
0: Okay. How do you have the score, sir? I
1: have it a draw, bro. I have a, a, draw?
0: I have it a
1: draw. I have a, a draw. Oh,
0: you've got to be kidding me. I have it a draw. You got. So you're not so you're not a hip-hop fan, then, really, if you have this.
1: I am. I am a hip-hop serious. I am a hip-hop connoisseur. Yes, I am I a mean, hip-hop fan.
0: This is I why mean, I
1: have a draw.
0: I mean, okay, we're talking about a diss track where it's not. We're talking about a diss track which come with punchlines, hit below the belt, about who's better behind the mic. Period. And how can you have a draw? Explain yourself to the folks. Explain yourself to the fans of music, the fans of entertainment, the fans of hip hop. Explain to the fans how you can quite possibly have a draw, and then I'll explain to you why you're wrong.
1: Sure, absolutely. So, coming out this shoot, first of all, Dave has better slow than shot. I like the two beats that Dave put together. Better than the two beats of Shaq East. The two beats of Shaq East are iconic. You know, the dig beats. That's great. The
0: B-I-G I thought
1: beat, the date...
0: The VIG beat and the Dr. Dre beat. I, it's a little, that's a little unfair on Shaq's part, but it's the two beats that he tried to use. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: So... I don't think what Dame was saying was necessarily wrong. I, th- I thought they had some very valid points with regards to what he was saying about Shaq. I didn't think he was talking over his head. I didn't think he was talking out of turn. I didn't think he was talking about um, him sailing around on a 250-foot yacht when he really you just got a bay liner. You know, I, I thought so he kept it in, his, in perspective. I thought he kept it in his light. On the Shaq side of things, I thought that he sounded like it was very well rehearsed when he was reading and that he read it with a lot of emphasis and that he really got into character about what it is that he was saying and how it is that he was saying it. So from that perspective, I thought Shaq did a great job. In In addition, here's, 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 here's here's, here's where it gets a little dicey, though. Okay. See, game can only talk to a certain level. Dame has never been to an NBA final. Okay. So when you start criticizing one of the top three greatest centers to ever play basketball that okay. you've never been to an NBA finals, that's kind of a lot to, to, to swallow, right? That's okay. kind of a lot to, you know, but
0: yeah, Shaq is a
1: three-time NBA Finals MVP. He's won for He's been an MVP of the league. So he can always fall back on that, which he did. And he did it quite well and quite eloquently. It just didn't seem genuine like it was really coming from him.
0: Who who would it coming from if it didn't come from Shaq Diesel?
1: Whoever whoever wrote whoever wrote those magnificent lyrics to get back at Dane Dollar and in, in you know quite effective fashion. It just doesn't sound like it came from him.
0: I I think I think you're discounting Shaq. I think you're discounting Shaq. Did he have a little help? Maybe maybe so. But I think his flow is A, a little, little help.
1: That that dude flowed for fifteen minutes like the game almost. Almost like three hundred bars, man. He's not that talented. I'm so sorry.
0: Why well, he? If he's talking about himself, if he's talking about his illustrious man,
1: he can't talk. There's no, there's no subject he can talk like that, flow like that for six minutes, man. I'm so sorry. No, not happening.
0: Okay. All right. Let me. Let me. All right. So you, so you have this a draw. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I'm going to put it to you like this. What's the last concert you went to? The last concert you went to, your favorite concert. What's your favorite concert that you've been to? What's the last one? Either one.
1: The last one I went to was Nas and Warren Hill.
0: Okay. So let's use Nas. You want to go, you go to the concert, you want to hear Nas come with Ether. You want to hear Nas come with "If the World Was Mine." You want to hear Nas come with the, his hits, right? You don't want to go to you don't want to go to Nas's concert and hear Nas talking about here. This is what I wrote last night. Let me spit it for you. You don't want to hear that, do you? You're not. You're, no. you're not feeling that. So when Dane comes on the mic and he comes with a beat you never heard before. You you now you have something you have to kind of listen to and study. You're not feeling that like you hear like you're feeling when Shaq comes with the Dr. Dre beat that you bumped already for 20 years. There's a different vibe already. Just when you when you hear the first couple beats of the song, there's a different vibe that goes on there. So Shaq wins the song the beat. If we'll break it down, the beats, Shaq is winning because you're familiar with the beats, right? Both beats, one and two. I give Dane credit for coming with the fresh beat. That's what I will give him credit for, He come with the fresh beat. But this is we're not making songs. We're this, this isn't songs we're just listening to just to enjoy. We're trying to hear the beats. We're trying to hear you come and spit bars and then get at your opponent. So if it was just a song that he made just spitting bars, that's one thing. But when it's a rap beast, you need to come with something to energize the energize the fans, energize the, the listener, and then come with something uh, not as uh, metaphoric as he did. So I'll give him credit for coming up with new lyrics, new songs. I'll give him credit for that. However, when a rap beast, you need to you don't have the time to for people to study and get into it. 'Cause they're gonna make a decision, a snap decision, by the time the song's over. You got what I'm saying? I get that. I get that. And so, like, and then from that perspective, I from that perspective,
1: you you're absolutely right. It didn't Dan's flow and Dan's content didn't really have that I'm trying to scare you. Feel,
0: feel. on the you know, other sacks
1: really Sax really 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 did there
0: you go games oh. had
1: games had more of that millennial like this is this is how we very cats in the in the you know the millennium it didn't have that you know that that do vaseline type of you there know you That's the point I'm making. It, it didn't it didn't it didn't have that it didn't have that the warning when, yeah, when like, man, like, 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 I'm just, I'm
0: like, really don't make me, like, Would you talk about rap beef? And that's this is a rap battle. This is a beef battle. I mean, you need to bring it. And there's no nice guy. There's no trying to be smooth and suave. You need to bring it. Let me just read you a couple lines that Tech Spit on, on, on the last one, number two. We see you lose every year, no one does, does it better. This is in fact all these lines here I'm gonna read to you were in the first thirty seconds of the thirty seconds of his last his last song. No one does it better. Okay? Talking crazy ain't gonna get you nothing but smoke. Like when we see you in the playoffs every year when you choke. Like I mean, come on. I mean that's <laughs> whoever's writing this, that's delivering this and it blows them out the water. I'm just gonna give you one more. While you spitting metaphors, I'm spitting facts. It's 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 over. There's over. I, I didn't have to play another minute of the song, which he also came with more hits. I mean, more more jabs, more spears, more more cuts, more slashes. I mean, it, it's it's not even close, man. It's not even close. In the rap beef, I'm not talking about who raps better, who songs are better. That's not what I'm talking about. In the beef, in the battle, who won the battle? That killed him, bro. That killed him is not close. So I hope all you and the fans understand what a rap battle means. And how Shaq is clean the kids. But the
1: way the way the way you're coming is that you you're making it seem like Dane didn't really have any any valid points to what he was saying and wasn't, you know, cleverly, you know, illustrated. And that's that's I, what I'm I, saying. I, I thought I thought that he did a great job of doing that. Where, what I said is that in a battle, you can't you can't really battle at that level.
0: Let's be
1: clear. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. game's Dame, a better rap. Now, who has the more content is always going to be Shaq. Game doesn't have enough content to get into a rap battle with Shaq. Without ever having been to the NBA Finals, there's not a content there. Well, I mean, you'll just, that, you know, that, you'll just
0: that, run that, off a clip. That counts. that counts. We're not talking about Dame and Marcus Bagley. We, we, I mean that that went so far under the radar that it, it, it wasn't even a conscious. It wasn't even. It wasn't even on everybody's conscience because okay, Dame's been rapping for years. Bagley's a rookie. He tried, he tried to throw spit some rhymes. It's it, it's not even fair, right? The same concept. The same concept. Dane, you did you did good. You got your first beat, bro. You got the nice video, bro. Good job. You good? That's nice. That's nice. But Shaq killed you, bro. I I, 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 gave, I, thought, I said it was two to one, Shaq. I said it was two to one, Shaq. If it was just one, the first song and the Shaq first song, Dane's first song, it was one to one. It was a draw. But when you come out again and you listen to what Shaq said. It's not even close, bro. It's not even close. So I think you and the fans need to take a second look. You guys already know my vote. You can reach out to me. What's good in sport on Twitter? Voice of the fans on Instagram. You can always find me here. Reach out to my reach out on podcast. Let me a Because again, that killed Damon. Wasn't even close. Now let's get let's get to this fantasy football battle.
1: Oh, let's get back to that.
0: Well, I'm looking at the standings, and you're only a game up, buddy. You're only a game up.
1: So, so I'm sorry. So, to let the people know. Wh- what place are you in? You're you're a game up. Is this what I said? Or what in in the standings in the, in the league? What place are you in?
0: In the standings, I'm, I have a two and three record to your three and two record. That's a, a game difference, sir. One game difference. And I can't wow. wait to I, I think it's, i it's very
1: them. it's It's very telling that you won't answer the question the way that I asked it.
0: I just told you. I, very I, telling. I, very I, telling. So please my, continue. One of my wins was against young Sam Rothstein.
1: That's so, very true. And, and, and may I address that? May I address that?
0: How would you like to address it? One of my wins is against sure.
1: So, so I actually, I actually lit, lit some incense, and I, I apologize to the San Jose football gods for, you know, kind of getting a little bit out of character, you know, kind of being a little, little if it's an out there, uh, trying to win a, a game without starting a tight end, um, you know, a, a few other, uh, you know, Cassius Clay type moves out there, um, trying to prove a point. Jason forgave me, and this week I had the second-most points with the player that scored the second-most points. Whereas it was back to life, back to reality for Cam's team, which was the only team in the league to not score at least 80 points and lost his matchup
0: by 55 points. It was a bad week. <laughs> it was a bad week on my part. Um I'm in seventh place to your fourth place, but again, it's week five. I'm a game. I'm a game behind. Okay, couple games. I'm only a couple games out. A few games out of first place. Only a few games out of first place, and I expect to regain my footing this week to break the 500 mark and uh, be back on track in this league. So, again, it was it was a it was a tough week. I got smacked around. The guy had the guy had record breaking weeks, man. Come on, the guy it took him a record breaking performance for him to beat me last week, and and that he did. I, I I can't I can't argue that at all. I mean the the guy was playing with. Um, I mean he he smacked me around pretty good. Uh, there's he he smacked, I can't banks banks squad smacked me around pretty good. Leno Fournette scored for him. Michael Thomas. Michael Evans. Tom Brady, I mean, he's, he, he smacked me around pretty good. I, I, there's nothing I can say about that. However, we took our lumps. We went. We took a cold shower. You know, we was in the in gym a couple weeks through the scouring of the, the free agent wire, and we were going to make some moves, and my team will be right back in track here this week. So we're a game a game behind you, sir, and only a few games out of first place, just so you know. Here at week five, we'll make some changes and we'll, we'll be right. We'll write the ship. Once again, Clevon, let the people know where they can find you.
1: They can find me at Clevon Wonder on Twitter and Clevon Steel on Instagram.
0: Cleveland, I want to thank you for your time once again for your participation in the show. Folks, we got... Folks, the show needs your donation, actually. Shame, shameless request here. We need your donation. We need some new microphones. We need a laptop for our show so we can do better editing and bring you some more sound, better sound bites, and actually play play the cuts for you to hear, such as the Shack Dane beef. So donate to the show. Voice of the Fans, go to Voice of the Fans on Anchor, Anchor FM, if you want to donate to the show. Or simply call me, and I I take cash, credit cards, and checks, and money orders. Cleveland, thank you for your time, big guy. Please be sure to rate and review our show. Cleveland, you tell a friend about our show, and as always, thank you, guys, for making our voice your choice. Want to talk about the L.A. News Observer um, paper? Give me great opportunity to um, share my insight and uh with the fans and the people here in southern california take a look at the la news observer website og nsc they've uh, done a, a revamping of the website so it looks pretty sleek and, and easy to follow along easy to read and you'll get some good articles and topical content on the website la news observer og nsc.com for making our voice your choice.